Well, partner, welcome to another podcast. We're about to get started, you know, and talk about some things that are going on in our county. We've got some great people that we can um, interview in reference to the new year coming in. Absolutely. Uh, of course, I'm my officer Skinner with Chester County Police, one of the recruiters, and my partner, Elliot Anderson. It is I. We are here. This is our first podcast for 2023. Yes. We want to start by wishing all of our community members and listeners a, a successful 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, and we appreciate your support, not only with the podcast, but um, through your calls and your prayers and, and stopping by the stations and dropping off things from your children. Um, we really do appreciate the support. It's gone a long way to right. help 20, our officers and our staff. 2022 20, 20, was a great year for us. It was. Especially doing podcasts, getting information out to our community on what we are doing and partnershiping that we have in our community, which is good. And, of course, last year we started out with our chief. Yes. Uh, and, and talking about things that are going on in our county. In our county. This year we're starting out with um, human, human trafficking. Human trafficking. So... Uh, January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month, and we have two of our detectives who specialize in that area in our special victims unit. It's a uh, crime that people are really passionate about. Television is given a a lot of um, media attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are some misnomers and some miseducation about that. Exactly, exactly. Hopefully today we'll go through some of the ways to prevent people from being human trafficked as well as education. Let's get them to introduce themselves to our audience, and uh, and we'll get started. Let's start with the first detective, Joanna Hartsook, who has been in the department 17 years, a VCU grad, and uh, started in our county as an 18-year-old. Okay. And um, she is what I would refer to as a career-changer person. Yes. She had worked in public affairs, human resources, before Mm -hmm. she made the best move and became a police officer <laughs> with the police department. So And doing well at it. Right. Doing a great job. Joanne, can you introduce yourself a little more about your work history? Sure. Well, thank you for having me today. I am working currently in the special victims section. I do specialize in human trafficking and internet crimes against children, which really do go hand in hand, human trafficking and internet crimes. And I'm happy to be here today to talk to you a little bit about how you can recognize human trafficking in the community. And if you start out with your career, um, where do you start out at? Patrol officer? So I did start out in patrol, four years in patrol, and I've been in special victims, gosh, for 12, 13 years now. Oh, wow. It's kind of wild. Awesome, awesome. That's a long tenure in that, in that unit. Pretty it is. stressful unit. It is. And we'll talk about the educational stuff, um, what it does, because you get recertified or, or get more continuous education as you go through the process the pro- of the um, the position, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Special victims and human trafficking and crimes, all of that is just continuously changing and updating, and we always like to stay at the forefront of knowing what's going on in our area. I like it. I like and it. our second guest today is a return to the podcast, <laughs> which is a radio in the podcast. Yeah, you know, we don't, we don't go back. We don't go back, but <laughs> you know what? When we got good people doing good things, exactly. we got to exactly. lift them up. And we have Detective Chris Lee who is a graduate of Grove City College in Grove City, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, he previously was a school teacher yep. for about eight years. And uh, again, a career change person who mm-hmm. made the jump to become a Chesterfield police officer. Right. So Chris, can you introduce yourself a little more about your work history to the listeners? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, also glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Um, so uh, my name is Chris Lee. I was a teacher for actually almost 10 years. Uh, middle school and high school, and then just made the career change, did uh, three years in patrol for Chesterfield, and now I've been in special victims for about four. Okay. All right, so let's jump right in. Human trafficking, what is it? So human trafficking is um, when you're selling a person, right? So you're selling their labor, 
um, sexual contact with that person. Um, if it's their labor, it's not just that they're employed. All of us are being paid to do jobs, right? And that's not slavery or human trafficking. But you're selling their labor in a way that is unethical or illegal or inhumane. So you may not be paying them in full. You may be working too many hours, the work conditions. Or... Right, and of course there's a fine line between things that are civil issues or like federal employment law issues or things that are actually a crime, um, and there's some bleed over between them, but yes. Okay. okay. So we know labor, and a huge part of what the media focuses on is the sexual part of human trafficking. Can we discuss that? And what we want to know is what is the Chesterfield County Police Department doing about it? Are we doing anything about it? What can the public do to help us? Absolutely. So human trafficking has been a buzzword for a while. I think that if we are on Facebook, if we're on Instagram, we see lots of posts about you know, community members saying they were at Target, they were at Walmart, and someone followed them, and they were concerned that they were going to be brought into labor trafficking, human trafficking. What we're seeing in Chesterfield County really isn't that right now. What we're seeing is that traffickers are actually in pretty much all of our homes because they're on the internet. They're on the internet, and the internet is on phones, and phones are in the hands of adults and children. Mm -hmm. And so what we're seeing is that children are, are being reached out to by adults through different you know, social media apps, and that is how they are finding their way to our youth that maybe are a little bit more ready to leave home. Mm -hmm. They're not happy at home. Maybe they think that they are you know, older than they really are. They have access to social media, and that is how traffickers are finding people. Mm -hmm. um, we're seeing that with some of our runaways. We're seeing that with you know, our youth who are, are just wanting to leave home. So it's really not quite what we're seeing on the internet or what's being put forth like in TV shows and movies, um, like Taken. You know, that's not what right. we're seeing here. Can it happen? Absolutely. But it's just not the Chesterfield County. It's not what we're seeing. So we like to talk to citizens and community members about how to locate this. If you're out and about in public and you see something that just doesn't seem right to you, like maybe an adult that's with a youth and they're not related, if you're you know, shopping, if you're at the bank and something feels funny to you, maybe try to, you know, see what you can do to find out more about that situation. Right. Okay. So, so if, and again, I'm that more of that round table discussion that people have at their homes in the, in, in the, um, in, at the dinner table. So if, if I'm seeing a commercial on TV okay, and that commercial, and that's used airports right now, we, that's a big push we talked about earlier and talking about, um, advertising for, you know, what's going on in the community. In Chesapeake County, in Richmond, in the state of Virginia, coming through an airport, and I see signs that says, you know, be on aware of, be on, be aware of sex trafficking. Why is that there, then, if, if it's not prevalent in our community? I think that sex trafficking is prevalent in our community, okay. in our hotels and businesses. I think that it's what we call like a hidden crime. Um, it's not something that's just going to hit you in the face. Okay. It's something that hotel workers see, um, and they identify for us sometimes. It's something that you know people who are traveling might see a minor that's accompanied by somebody who is not related to them. Um, I definitely think that we are identifying more than ever sex trafficking and labor trafficking in Chesterfield, and we're continuing to try to find new ways to identify it. I would say that the main way that we see it is through sex trafficking and prostitution in Chesterfield through our hotels. We are very close to 95. 95 runs right down Chesterfield, right, right. and we're finding that that is a conduit for sex trafficking. Now, I think one of the things that... Um, we talked about before we started recording was the importance of making us aware. 
Um, and we want people to be able to call a non-emergency number right. at the police department, uh, or they can call the crime solvers number. We actually prefer the non-emergency number because it's a quicker response. It's an immediate response from yep. people working in, in patrol. Why do we need an immediate response? A lot of times, um, these crimes become much harder to investigate if there's been a delay. And we understand that there's some people who may not feel comfortable just reaching out to the police. Um, and if they want to uh, have an anonymous way, we have the whole crime solver set up through the, the app or the phone number. And I see you got it written down there, so I'm sure you'll tell them what it is. Um, but if they're willing to call directly, and we're not going to call them back and harass them unless we need a, a fuller witness statement, they're willing to give it. But if there's something that they see right now that's suspicious, it's going to be way harder for us to track that person down. Let's say it is someone, like Joanna mentioned, who who is traveling through the area and is stopped at a truck stop or a, a Wawa or Sheets or whatever. Um, if there's something suspicious they see now and you tell us through you know some national hotline or something like that, it's great that you told us, but they're already in Maryland or Maine or Florida, and it's going to be much harder for us to build that investigation without having the people right in front of us. Just like any other type of crime, sure. If if the people aren't there still, even something simple like a shoplifting, if they're not there on scene still, it's going to be, it's going to take longer to investigate. Okay. Right. Well, g- give give me an example of, I'm a parent and I have a, a, a child, and what would be a that I can recognize that something is not right. My daughter has received a phone call. I know we talked about, again, the computers and all that. Give me an example of what I can look for as a parent. I know you discussed some of that, but I want to be want to be own, aware of what's going on in my house. That you get the typical call that you would get on on, on sex trafficking. Sure. So if it's a if it's a child, right? So a juvenile that's still living in the home with their parents, um, and this is a lot of what Joanna does. So I should really be letting her talk about it. It, a lot of times it's behavior changes. Okay. Um, we've had a number of cases, including some big success cases, um, where the it usually is the mother that notices the uh, daughter's significant behavior change, maybe borrowing mom's clothing that isn't the kind of thing a child would usually wear, uh, wearing makeup that they, it wasn't like the mom taught the daughter how to wear makeup, she just got into mom's makeup, mm-hmm. and then they think that's strange and they investigate on the child's device, iPad, phone, whatever, and they find inappropriate photos of that child and then it spirals into a much deeper investigation where they've been sending child pornography uh, to someone online. Okay, okay. And one thing, too, is changes to social media. You know, a kid who's 12 or 13 goes from posting pictures of themselves with their cousins, themselves outside, to then posting more provocative images that are not selfies taken by them, but obviously taken by a third party. One that we worked in conjunction with Prince William County a few years ago, uh, it was a teenage girl who who was rescued and her abuser was criminally charged. Um, She wasn't a blood relative. The gentleman had contact with the police and claimed to be her guardian. Uh, she described him as her older boyfriend, but her social media, to Joanna's point, um, went from being normal teenage girl social media to being photos taken again by a, someone else because they were farther back and multiple photos spliced together showing her in more revealing attire from multiple angles. And all of us would associate that kind of photography with a product being sold. Mm-hmm. In right. that case, thankfully, the agencies worked together and she was rescued out of that probably before she was actually sold, but it was clearly going in that direction. Right. So okay. is there a way that parents... You know, because I don't have children, um, but I do have two nieces, and when they got smartphones, I checked them all the time. Mm-hmm. If I'm paying the bill, then, you know, I pay the cost to be the boss, and right. that means <laughs> <laughs> you got to pull your stuff up. I need to see it. I need passwords. I need to have all of that. 
Are there apps that parents can put on these phones or computers so they can, if I'm in Chesterfield and they may be in Virginia Beach, is there a way that I can still check it? I I mean, there's got to be some type of controls that I can control that they can't cut off because I have seen kids, you know, cut, cut them off. There definitely are. Um, I recommend Family Link. That's personally mm-hmm. what I use um, for my child's phone so that I can see all websites accessed. I can shut things down if I need to. I have to approve every single app. That's just one example of a number of different, you know, parent watch type of apps you can put on a smartphone. I think it's important for parents to remember that even though it might be a phone that their child uses, it's still their phone. Right. What we see in most of our cases where a child is solicited through the internet is that this happens at night when parents are asleep and there is a smartphone in the room with the child or an iPad in the room or their Chromebook. You don't know what your kid's doing in there at night mm-hmm. and you don't know mm-hmm. who is accessing your child in your home through the internet. So we definitely recommend that at bedtime all electronics come out of the room so that that's not even a concern. If you have possession of them, then you don't need to worry about that. Right. And that's my family rule as well. Joanna mentioned one software solution. There's ones, so the major uh, phone platform uh, software companies have built-in ones. And if you don't prefer that, or if your family has like some iPhones and some Android phones or whatever, um, there's cross-platform ones, Bark, Custodio. I mean, there's many of them. We're not endorsing any of them. Um, but that inv- that requires the parents do that research, right? Mm-hmm. And potentially spend a little bit of money if they want one of those third-party products. Just realize um, this is your child's safety, right? So $50 a year, $100 a year, whatever it is, is a very small price to pay. Um, just We just need to invest the time and whatever it costs. These investigations sound very time-consuming. They are. Um, can you talk about what goes into the investigation, and do we work with the Commonwealth attorneys to figure out how we need to successfully prosecute? Do you work with other jurisdictions? Are they a task force together? Absolutely. So um, let's see if I can remember all those questions. Uh, we'll go backwards. There are task forces. Uh, we are both on the FBI's uh, Richmond Office Human Trafficking Task Force, and there's several other detectives on it as well from Chesterfield. Um, so there is that. There is definitely a lot of regional cooperation. Um, so, for example, I've already gone to Texas for a sex crime-related case, and that jurisdiction was very helpful. Um, shout out to Grand Prairie, Texas. Um, so we definitely have to have uh, a lot of that cooperation. But uh, the details of the yesterday's are really going to vary widely based on how it comes in, right? So if it's the way that Joanne and I have described it, that that scenario where a mom discovers very suspicious, concerning behavior um, by her daughter, that's going to be someone is going out there, whether it's patrol or us right away. Um, And obviously, we don't want to go into too much of the detail of how we then try to catch that abuser because we don't want to shawl all of our cards. But uh, that will be a very quick follow-up type of investigation to try to make sure the evidence is preserved and that uh, that child's parents understand how to keep them safe from further contact. Because you know those kids are better at technology than we are, right. probably, right? No, no question. So they'll find another device and reactivate the same account or make a new account. Um, so a lot of what Joanna does is that uh, immediate follow-up education of the parents uh, as well. Okay. I know one of the things I've had some personal experience with was taking a friend of mine's um, child, <clears throat> took some nude photos, sent them to someone over an app, and within a day, they wanted to be paid for those photos or they want to post them. Mm. Um, and, of course, they paid like $250 before they contacted me. And I said, don't pay. I mean, it's out there. If they have it, they have it. Um, 
do we see a lot of those type of things? Is that a initial way to get into human trafficking, or is that just simply a finan- not simply, but a financial type crime? We have seen a huge uptick in reports of blackmail extortion for wow. you know nude photos. What we have seen in several cases is that an adult male is on a normal dating app. They meet on that dating app what appears to be an adult female. They exchange through text or through the app nude photos, at which time the female comes back and says, actually, I'm 15, 16, and you are in possession of child pornography. And that's when the blackmail extortion starts. You know, pay me or I'm going to go to the police. Mm -hmm. Pay me or I'm going to release your nude photo. Um, Obviously, in that situation, we encourage you to report it. What we are finding, though, is that a lot of these people are outside of the United States. So, you know, being really cautious Mm -hmm. is always important with the internet because anyone can be whoever they want to be right, on the internet. Right. Well, I, I'm a TikTok person and I, and I like watching TikTok. I do. There's some good stuff come up there. Um, I want to ask you uh, again, I don't know if this is true. I get it from my family um, that if I'm at a service station and if I see some type of tissue or rag um, in my door, did not touch it, call the police because it may be something on there that, that, that put, me to, put me to sleep or whatever if I touch it. Is that, a, is that a, 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 a method that folks are using to kidnap people? It's not one that I'm aware that we've okay. seen in Chesterfield. Again, we're not saying that these more um, dramatic scenarios that you might see on a television show or, or a movie couldn't happen. Sure. If it's suspicious, whatever it is in your life, if you're in Chesterfield, you're welcome to call us, and an officer will come out and make sure it's safe. Um, you know, use gloves to remove it if you're not if you don't want to touch it. But um, it's not a scenario that I'm aware of that we've right. seen in Chesterfield. And we have several other officers or detectives in the room, and none of them are waving at me, telling me I'm incorrect. So right. I don't think we've seen that happen. Okay, cool. Cool. You think, all, go ahead, Julian. I'm sorry. sorry. I think a lot of that is just internet-based fear. You know, somebody will post something on Facebook and then it gets shared, you know, 600,000 times right. and it's gone through multiple people and we don't really know the accuracy of that. Right, right. I think some of that is probably created by people just to create drama. Uh, they, but it's not they, something we've particularly seen, seen in the county. Okay. Awesome. I know we have a community engagement unit that does a lot of our crime prevention and education for the public. But are you all available to go and speak to community groups or places of worship? Or we are. Youth, um, do you yeah. do it? Do we have a, an established format? Well, so two things about that. The first thing is we, we just recently had two community policing officers grant-funded to focus on this. They're actually in the room sitting here wow. uh, right now. We're very pleased that they're attached to special victims. We get to work with them. Um, they've been doing a great job um, so far. Uh, but yes, Joanna and I, uh, so back in 2019, we started with several other detectives doing uh, internal teaching within the department and in-service. And then in 2020, 2021, uh, we had a number of community speaking engagements, obviously uh, made a little bit more challenging by pandemic conditions, but right. we spoke to a number of community groups, a huge variety of them. And if that's the kind of thing they'd like us to come do, we're happy to come do that. Right. So we've talked some about the prevention and the education about what you do. Let's talk about the victims. Um, how do we help victims after we find them? Is there resources? Is there a fund? I mean, I know we had a, a case early last year. I'm not exactly human trafficking, but it ended up with a victim who was from Atlanta with a small child. And I know, mm. you know, one of our captains, Rich mm-hmm. McCullough, mm-hmm. Uh, who was working someone somewhere, um, had to take control and get that get that person safe, get that person secure. Um, What type of resources do we have? And is there anything the community can do to help 
with those resources? It can definitely be very complicated because a lot of times our victims are from out of state. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not locally based here. So after they're identified, of course, they want to then, you know, go back home. So if needed, they are brought back um, by the Commonwealth Attorney's Office to testify if that's a charged case. And we do, you know, look for community resources for support. Right. So go ahead, Detective. Yeah, and, and obviously there's various advocacy groups. So there's third-party groups. There's If it's a charged case, um, there's advocates attached to the Commonwealth Attorney's Office. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if there's a domestic violence component, we have in our office the domestic violence coordinator who's excellent, Tana Mooney. Um, and, and there's a lot of bleed over between human trafficking and other types of cases, whether it's domestic violence, online solicitation, uh, regular sex crimes, sort of our bread and butter in special victims, whether it's runaway case. Um, and so there's often specialists or advocates related to those other areas that mm-hmm. we can kind of bring to the table too. Um, if it's a child victim, there will usually be a special multidisciplinary team uh, put together for that case. And sometimes, I mean, I had one of these that I think I counted seven different agencies all involved. Um, six besides the poli- our police department to just try to figure out how to handle this uh, child that had many needs that had a very difficult, uh, challenging background. Right. Um, so it's it's going to be a case by case basis. Okay. Okay. Well, anything else you can add that you want to get across to our our audience? Well, we're just very grateful that um, we've seen a huge change in the last few years of community interest in it, and obviously um, the main thing is that they want to see this problem fixed, right? right? They don't want to live in a kind of community where people are being abused. And uh, it's it's very encouraging to have a department and a chief that takes it seriously, that we're having this conversation the first week of 2023. Um, and it's, I'm very grateful that we have the team that we have that uh, can really come out right away and, and do a full court press when it's discovered. Good. I know in the previous year, in 2021, mm-hmm. Um, that our vice narcotics in conjunction with the special victims did four um, type of things to address human trafficking. Right. Um, and I know at the beginning of last year, 2022, he said that it would be a total of eight. Mm-hmm. And I know that they are very labor-intensive yes. uh, operations. A lot of people, a lot of moving parts. Um, and from what I understand, they've been successful, uh, quite successful. And some targeted underage people and some targeted adults. Mm-hmm. Are we still doing that this year? We're using a, a bunch of different ways to try to make sure our community is safe from human trafficking. And, you know, it. our hope is that eventually we actually don't arrest anyone because right. we have made it where traffickers don't want to come to Chesterfield County. Right. Right. Um, so we encourage that if anyone sees something, that if you see something, you say something, yep. continue to help us identify victims, and we're going to continue to proactively do our part to identify them as well so that the community is safe and everyone knows not to come to Chesterfield County. Right. I know we talked about some numbers we want to give to the community um, to contact us, of course, crime solvers and others. Um, so with that said, I mean, if... if the things that we're doing, the things that you all are doing, we thank you. And that is a partnership that we have with the, uh, with the community. And um, if you don't have anything else to add, I want to thank you all. I mean, really, this, this is the thing that we try to do is educate our community and let them know that we have people out there, uh, organizations, or we have units that will come out there and take care of their needs. And that's why I think Chesapeake County is doing as well as they're doing in our, in our, our region. Uh, partner, you, you good to go with some numbers you want to give out? Yeah, the first I'm going to give out is our crime solver number. 
which is 804-748-0660. That's 804-748-0660. For an immediate response, you can call 804-748-1251, which is our emergency communications non-emergency number. And that's, again, 804-748-1251. If you see something, say something. Exactly. You know, regardless of how big or how small you think it is, and let our specialists get involved and try to save someone's life. Exactly. It's exactly. a serious crime um, to have someone human traffic, and we want to do whatever we can do to make sure that uh, the people in this community are safe, as well as people visiting or passing through. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, we, that's another great program. Yeah. Another great podcast. Um, starting the year off right. Um, of course, we got our recruiting that we we always put in the um in the front of folks and let them know that we are still hiring in Chesapeake County Police. And, of course, you know I don't know the website. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we are still hiring. And if you're interested in applying for a police officer position or a lateral or a police service aide, you can go to joinccpd.org. That's joinccpd.org. We're on track to have two academies uh, this year for basic basic officers as yep. well as lateral. So. We are moving forward, and uh, we can use some uh, good quality men and women. And our PSA program. Got to have that. Police service aid program. Love that really program. Yeah. Great opportunity for 18-year-olds. Right. So thank you very much, Detective Skinner. And always, always. Give our first shout-out of the year to our production staff, Chris Rizzuti. Still doing that thing. Still doing that thing, setting it up, making it happen behind the scenes. And uh, we look forward to keeping you as our listeners in 2023. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.